Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host for this podcast, Jake Mastriani, and along with me is Alan. Good day. And Fred. Good evening. And guys, we are in the last week of the regular season and getting ready for the postseason. This week, the Braves not only clinched a playoff spot, but also clinched their third straight NL, NL East title, which is a, a big accomplishment. And I wrote earlier this week, I think it may be one of Brian Snicker's best accomplishments because of all the things that he's had to go through this year with decimation of the starting rotation, with this just being a, a weird season and, and having to adjust to all the new rules that have just been thrown into place. Uh, and I really think he's done a, a, a good job, more so with the lineup and switching up the lineup to um, you know, get the, get his hot hitters in, in spots where they can be productive. And uh, I really think he's done a great job with the lineup. Uh, still question some of the, the pitching stuff, but again, a lot of that was kind of out of his hands with all the injuries and without being able to bring in anybody to replace those injured pitchers externally. You know, I think he had a, a lot to, to deal with this year, but again, the Braves, you know, like I said, are the NL East. Um, champs for the third straight season. Um, they're either going to be the second or third seed. Uh, it's looking like they're going to end up being the, the second seed in the playoffs, which again, uh, just, just amazing, uh, what the Braves have done this year, despite, you know, not really having many of the people in the starting rotation they thought they would have. And it sometimes we've had one or two starters in our, in our rotation. So a really great job from the whole team and Snicker. I give him a lot of, of credit. But Braves are going back to the playoffs. We're getting ready for that. But again, like it's been all season, you know, not without a couple of, of hiccups. Uh, Cole Hamels, um, you know, is out for the season now. Not a not a real shocker, but um, you know, considering the fact he's been hurt pretty much all year, uh, came back and gave us three and a third innings before getting shut down. Cole was somebody that we were been saying all along, you know, we just get him back for the postseason and we'll be fine. He'll give us that veteran presence to help us in the postseason. And and now we're not going to have that. We're going to be counting on a, a bunch of young guys. And then also, you know, maybe on a, a much smaller scale with Austin Riley uh, having a quad issue and sitting out the last couple of games. Doesn't sound like that's uh, anything too major. Um, and hopefully he'll be back soon. The same kind of for Max Freed, who left his last start after just one inning, 
uh, with an ankle injury. I believe Brian Snicker said today that he he will be starting next Wednesday, game one of the wild card series. So uh, a couple of injury updates. Braves are currently playing in a monsoon of rain right now. This is uh, Thursday night recording this, so hopefully there are no further injuries uh, tonight and the rest of the regular season. But, Alan, what are your overall thoughts on the Braves clinching another division title and some of the latest injury news? I don't even know what to say about the injury stuff. I mean, obviously, injuries are going to happen, especially the little nagging ones. Uh, like, apparently, I've just sort of cropped up here. But it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, you, you thought Cole Hamels was done for the year. Then he comes back, and then you start thinking, okay, well, maybe we can get a few innings out of him. Well, this comes down to what we've been talking about all along. You've got to make sure that you've got enough pitching that's reliable and that's that's what the Braves have been lacking all year, and I'm not going to beat that dead horse anymore. He's still dead. It's just still frustrating, to, and not only just as a fan, but I am frustrated for Hamels as well because I know he wanted to get out there. I know he wanted to do something good for the t- this team. I, I hope that what I'm seeing in terms of some of the production we've been getting out of some of these pitchers lately is is uh, from some of his counseling or mentoring, but uh, uh, we don't have uh, a lot of information about how that's come about. But uh, certainly there's been some dramatic improvements lately in some of those guys. Uh, I'll tell you what I was most impressed of in terms of performance by the team this week, and that is here we had uh, a highly anticipated series with the Miami Marlins coming in, and the Marlins came in. They should have been motivated. They had to know that uh, their best shot at getting into the playoffs was to do well against the Braves. And, in fact, they still had a shot at the division title had they done very well against the Braves. And yet Atlanta has taken them so far three games to none. That's surprising to me. I I didn't expect that uh, there'd be that much domination, and really, it truly kind of was has been domination to this point. And Atlanta has taken this bull by the horns. They've done everything they need to do to try and gain that number two seed. They've also stomped on a rival that uh, they could end up still perhaps meeting in the playoffs. And I'm really impressed with the way the team has responded this week. And I, I'm surprised that Miami has looked so flat, but at the same time, I, I think that a lot of that is the the fault of or caused by the Atlanta Braves, and I'm very happy to see that. It's It looks like they're getting their game faces and playoff faces on and ready to, to get going next week with that. Fred, uh, it was a big series coming in. I kind of wrote the precursor to it, setting it up. I think Miami came in here with a little bit of a – you know, an edge, I, I think they've kind of viewed the Braves as their rival, obviously being the top dog in the division, and this was their chance to kind of make some noise, and the Braves have, have really silenced them, um, you know, despite their best pitcher only pitching one inning uh, in the game that he threw. So, uh, you know, I think the Braves have really made a statement, and again, I think it's just been an impressive season for this team and shows a lot of the uh, maturity from this team that despite all the things that have happened, not not just in the rotation. I mean, they've spent the majority of this year without two of their best hitters in the lineup and Ronnie and, and Ozzy. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, a great accomplishment for this team and, and what they've done despite all the injuries. Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing about the injuries is that 
uh, like Snicker said, after the first couple weeks of the season, he just got up, looked at the phone to see who was injured today. Um, and the team sort of wore that. They sort of looked around and said, well, you know, what are they going to do to us now? Let's just go out and play. The Marlins, on the other hand, uh, Sixto Sanchez um, didn't have a good outing his second time through the uh, second time against the op- opposing teams. He came into us and we treated him nastily on his second time around, and he hasn't adjusted. And that's what young pitchers do who aren't ready for the aren't ready for the show. And Sanchez Sanchez got is he's going to be a stud, all right. He, anybody throws 90, 98, 99 has a ninety two mile an hour changeup, and he he can paint with it. Is going to be a stud. He has to adjust. But this year, he's just a young pitcher, and he doesn't understand. He's like Nuke Lelouch. They haven't seen my fastball. Oh, yes, they did. It just landed in the seats. So um, that's part of the issue, and part of it's they're wore out. I mean, they they had all these makeup games coming, all these doubleheaders coming, and 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 then the Braves come up and stomped on them in the first inning, and then when and, and then Sanchez had a bad first inning, Freed had a bad first inning, and we go back and we back him up. And their lineup was not able to do it because our pitchers, our bullpen came in and shut them down. And uh, the, these young guys that we have, um, for having not having anybody around but Tomlin and, and Hamill sitting on the dugout cheering or whatever, um, they've sort of they sort of understand it better, I think, than than some of the Marlins pitchers do. I, I think that the the series is real important for us. I think winning tonight. I wrote that today. Uh, winning to, winning tonight locks up the second seed. Uh, not that the Cubs have anything left to come back with. They've got injured players and everything going around, uh, and they just can't seem to score. Can't get out of their own way. The Pirates stomped on them 7 nothing today. They can't seem to get out of their own way. But we need to win this night and, and put it away and, and, and ruin the Marlins' week. And then they go to see the Yankees, which is going to be a little laughs for them, I'm sure. And we get the Red Sox. Um, so I'm proud of the lineup. One thing about the lineup to note, you mentioned being Ozzy and Ronnie missing. Ronnie was in shot when he came back, but when Ozzy came back, the lineup improved 100%. There's even hitting in the eighth and ninth spot, sixth spot, wherever he was in the lineup, he did something every game. And his energy, and I believe we talked about this before, but Ronnie, but Ozzy's energy is so important to that lineup. So, so much, so, such a big thing for them to build around and look at and laugh at and have fun. And and having him back is is as important as having Ronnie back, in my opinion. But yeah, think they're doing a real good job. I do agree with you that this is probably the best best job Snitker's ever done. And and he's had some really bad hands to play with over his time there, and he's done pretty well with them. So I think it's good. I just hope we keep doing it for about three more weeks. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, kind of what we're going to be talking about the rest of the way is just kind of uh, looking towards the postseason. Um, and one thing. You know, obviously the big question mark for the Braves is going to be that starting rotation. You know, I mentioned Freed leaving the hit the game the other day after just one inning. It sounds like it was just precautionary and that uh, he'll be ready for game one of the wild card series, which is, is great to hear, but um, still makes me a, a little nervous because we really don't have much behind him. Uh, we have a couple of rookies that looks like may get, may get starts on Ian Anderson and, and Kyle Wright, but uh, Fred, what's your take on uh, the rotation for the Braves going into the postseason and what maybe their plans would be to try to get through these series? Well, I, I think they're going to do what they what they said they were going to do. They're going to run Max out. They're going to Anderson out after him. They're going to run Kyle Wright after him. And they're going to hope they don't need to get to Wright in the first series. Uh, they're going to hope they can get into that first series, get two games, get a day off. 
uh, get get them reeled up so that they can go to right in the first game of the next series and roll that roll that over and get work down through that. I don't know whether they'll try to use four four pitchers. I really don't. Um, but I think that uh, they're going to run these series back to back, and it's just going to see it's going to be up to the young pitchers to give us enough depth so that we can get to our our top of the line relievers. You can get to Martin, and you can and and Smith if he can keep the ball in the ballpark, and and Mentor and and Melanson. If you can get those four guys in the game, O'Day, you can get those guys in the game. You're going to be all right. If we're forced to fall back on using Luke Early or Tomlin, if he's on the roster, and I'm not sure he will be, uh, or Yanoa, or some of these guys have to come in early because somebody gets blown out early, uh, then we could have trouble because uh, uh, the bullpen has the bullpen's what got us here uh, over the over the time. You know, when we, nobody was going five innings, the bullpen carried him. Uh, the bullpen's going to have to do it now, and uh, it, but we need to give them enough depth to uh, keep from putting their arms falling off after the first series. Yeah, Alan, we kind of were talking about it beforehand. I mean, this bullpen it is what got us here, and it's part of what made this team so great. Um, and, again, you know, props to Snicker, I think, as well, or, or deserved, even though we all were wanting to, to get on him after that national series where he let a couple of one-run games get away because he didn't go to his his big guns. But I think he's done a great job of managing their, their workload to keep them fresh for the postseason. And we're certainly going to, to need them, um, and we may even have a, a bullpen game depending on how things go. Yeah, and uh, it, if – Right or Anderson lay an egg somehow, then uh, they're going to need some extra innings, and that that's why I'm I'm different from y'all in that I do think Tomlin's going to be on the postseason roster just because he's a guy who can give you three or four innings some at some point if something goes sideways uh, or if there's an extra 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 inning kind of game. Uh, yeah, and by the way, as a reminder, we are not doing the stupid uh, runner on second thing uh, for the postseason. We're actually going to do real baseball so uh <laughs> there there is a opportunity and possibility for uh, a long man in the in the pen and if if they decide to go that way then certainly tomlin's going to be the guy um this is the horse that brought him um they sort of showed that uh earlier this week with bryce wilson uh starting off and then um adding cast of characters after him it, obviously, that's not ideal. They they want to see if uh, Max Free can go five or six or seven, and see if Anderson can go five or six, and then finally get to the bullpen. But uh, you have to allow for everything else to happen that has been happening. And certainly, if you got guys who can get people out, then you're probably still not going to be out of the game no matter what, as long as you get the starter out of there soon enough if things go bad. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I think that's going to be the key for the Braves because they're not the only ones with starting pitching issues. Not all the teams have great bullpens like the Braves do. So, you know, even a team like the Reds, who the Braves could potentially face in the first round, you know, yes, they have some dynamite starting pitching that can shut an offense down, but uh, the Braves have been really good at, at working great pitchers and getting them out of the game in the, the fifth or sixth inning and then going to work on other teams' bullpens. And I think that's really going to have to be the recipe, you know, for the Braves in the post, you know, which is why they can't allow these games to get away from them early on and why they may have to 
go to their bullpen early and not let some of these young kids struggle because we've seen this offense come back from four or five run deficits, you know, even more than that at times. So we know this offense is never out of the game, but, you know, Snickers going to have to manage it to make sure that it doesn't get too far out of control. Yeah, you've got very few teams that really have a decent bullpen other than Atlanta, and you might as well go ahead and exploit that. I'm I'm reminded uh, clearly of the last time the Braves faced Trevor Bauer, and he got really annoyed that he was using up all his pitches by the fifth inning because uh, the Braves were just sitting there spoiling his, his best stuff. And they got him out of there, and I... I my recollection is that they, they, they won that day because they got Bauer out of the game early. And if they, if they can do that kind of thing against these better pitchers, then more power to them because I think, I think that's a recipe for success. So you can probably look for a lot of patience on the, on the, uh, part of the Braves hitters. They may strike out a lot in the meantime, uh, but they're going to foul off a bunch of peep, uh, pitches and uh, maybe work some walks. And that's, that's I think where where we're gonna go. Yeah, just looking real quick at the stats, the only team in the National League with a top ten um, rotation and a top ten bullpen is uh, you could probably guess the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You know the the Padres and Reds both have good starting starter ERAs, but their bullpens you know are in the bottom uh, of the rankings ERA wise. So the Reds, you know, it's the Reds be, bullpen. The Reds bullpen's better since the the deadline when they brought in Archie Bradley and got rid of those guys who weren't. Uh, they've been really pretty good over the last six, four weeks or so. Um, uh, you know, Inglesius uh, Inglesius is a three ERA. Uh, Antone's got a two, and Bradley's got a two nine five, uh, and they strike out eleven, ten, eleven, twelve every nine innings. So. You know, they got rid of the junk out of the bullpen, sort of like we did last year. Now, they're not as good as us, and Inglesius will give up home runs pretty freely sometimes, but they're not they're not as bad as they were in August. Yeah, no, definitely improved there, but I'd still rather face them than, than their starters. You know, whoever faces them is going to be itching to get to that bullpen and face those guys, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but, again, I just think that's going to be what the Braves are – we're trying. We'll be trying to do is just to get into a team's bullpen and, and let their offense go to work. But you know, again, you don't know what the opponent's going to be, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But uh, again, a lot of other teams are having rotation issues. You look at a team like the Padres, who you know have a good starter, have have good starters, but Clevenger uh, might be injured, and then you're counting on Zach Davies and uh, Donaldson Lamette. I think those are guys that the Braves can get to. So, you know, I think the Braves have a shot still with the roster that they have. If they can get four or five good innings, (laughs) I don't feel like we've been saying that all year. That's all we're really asking for out of our starters. Um, Give us four or five good innings. And um, that's been a struggle at times, but, you know, things have have been looking up. Anderson's looking better. Wright's looking better. Um, You just don't know how they're going to translate to their first uh, postseason appearances. But looking beyond just the rotation, looking at the playoff roster as well, which will still be 28, um, the 
will still be 28-man rosters going into the postseason. And you were kind of talking a little bit before, and Alan, I know about kind of the roster structure and how they may play it with maybe 14 pitchers and 14 um, position players. But any thoughts on how the, the Braves may structure their roster and who they may bring up? Oh, I don't want to steal um, Fred's thunder here because I, I know he had a, a good argument for an extra catcher. I'll go ahead and let you, let him talk to that. But I am of the opinion that you got to make sure you have enough depth at all of your positions in the field, and that does mean an extra catcher. It does probably mean an extra infielder and maybe an extra outfielder so wherever you can pick those guys up from the alternate training site that's that's what you need you got hetch uh available you you still got uh four outfielders right now but i think a fifth one would be a good idea uh perhaps somebody with some speed if you want needed a uh late uh inning pinch runner <coughs> pache <coughs> and then of course a catcher uh so Something like that would probably work out well. Uh, also allow you to, uh, mix and match a little better with your, uh, DH and, and, and outfield. So I, I don't have a lot of strong opinions there, but, uh, I, I do think that they're going to have to try it and, uh, uh, make sure that everything's covered, uh, for, for all kinds of contingencies like that. Well, I, I, I think they have to have a third catcher. I mean, even Bobby used to take a third catcher with him everywhere. And, you know, Jackson has more major league experience, like three games. Um, but I think Contreras is a better catcher, and I, I think he's also a better hitter. Um, and somebody tried to tell me today that Jackson was uh, also going to be a backup outfielder, but, yeah, that's not going to happen. If I think there's a good case for Contreras simply because defensively, He's probably better than either one of the ones we've got now defensively. He's got a better arm, and he's certainly a, a quality defender, and he can hit. I don't know whether, but it'll be a, there'll be a third catcher. I don't know that they'll drop three pitchers to pick up somebody else. I think uh, they could shuffle around and use Riley in the outfield if they had to in, in a pinch, uh, heaven forbid. But I think that you'll get a bat and a, and the catcher, and that could be Camargo. It could be Scott Shevler. It could be... Pablo Sandoval, uh, I, I don't know. They might bring, they might just say, well, none of them guys are hitting. Let's bring Pache up and keep him around. Uh, but I, I think they're going to want an experienced bat up there. So that's, that's sort of as Camargo or one of the other two guys that we've never seen in wearing a tomahawk yet. Well, I guess Chevrolet wore one for one game. So it's, you know, the question is, is really, we know Nick Markakis is going to play, but, but Nick's hitting about a buck 31 this month. And that's not good. Uh, and it would be nice if we had somebody who could, you know, spell him out there. But I just I think it's two players. I don't think it's three because as as you, as, you, as Jake said earlier, it's if we have to go a bullpen game, uh, we don't want to get too we don't want to make it too shallow in the bullpen to where we're relying on people we don't want to rely on. And so I I think two is probably it. Maybe they do three, but I don't really know. You know, once you say catcher plus Camargo or a guy who who do you really love to bring up? And I can't think of anyone right now. So uh, I think that that's probably it. And I was leaning toward Jackson yesterday, but I talked myself into Contreras this morning, and I still think that's what's going to be. But uh, they don't ask me, and I haven't been right all year. So what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's my thing too. When we talk about 
the bench is, you know, who who are you really bringing up that's going to make much of a difference? Like Alan said, I think you're just bringing them up more for depth than anything, you know, for, for possible injuries. But we'll have those uh, decisions coming in probably over the, the weekend sometime. Maybe we'll get a better idea of that. A couple other things we wanted to discuss before we get out of here. Um, but at the award races and, um, you know, as we, the, the one thing that's great about the short season is that these, these award races are very interesting because the, the numbers for everybody are still so tight because, you know, obviously haven't had a, a lot of time for them to separate. So I, I think a lot of these award races are going to be, uh, very close and could even kind of, you know, come down to these final few games here, but, uh, Alan, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on some of these award races? The, uh, you know, the MVP, Cy Young and, and rookie of the year. I still think Freddie Freeman's probably the leading guy for the MVP, although his case probably didn't get helped a lot by striking out so much on Big Fox, uh, last weekend or so. Still, if anybody's paying attention to numbers and been paying attention at all, he has, I mean, he's already really, really good, but he's sort of jumped up yet another step and another level this year, and I think that should be rewarded. Others have sort of fallen back for the most part this this season. Manny Machado may be one of the exceptions to that, but I, I don't know that uh, there's going to be a lot of consensus of whether he's even the MVP on his own team. Now, Azuna's kind of snuck up there and, and started to make some noise in that direction as well, but I, I still think it's Freddie's to lose right now. As far as Cy Young, I guess it's probably, in my mind, Trevor Bauer, particularly as he's trying to take his entire Cincinnati rotation and put them on his back right now by doing three-day rest games. He's done one already. He's probably going to do another one this weekend because he's trying to will the team into the playoffs um, by himself, it seems. And I... I I gotta admit, I like the, uh, the attitude and the, uh, the effort. And certainly he's, uh, one of the pitchers that's doing very well on one of the teams that's gonna make the playoffs. So I, I think that, uh, should be rewarded one way or another. Rookie of the year, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trick really is that you've got so many guys, like you said, that are, are so close. I mean, American League, Luis Robert was sort of the odds on favor for so long, but he's now fallen back and, and other guys have stepped up. So I, I don't think he's going to get it anymore. So I, I don't really have a good opinion as, as to anybody I'd like to pick for, for that in the National League. But, uh, uh, right now I, I'm, I'm looking at Bauer and I think he's a good Cy Young candidate. I think, uh, Freddie would be an excellent representative as an MVP and we'll go from there. Yeah, and uh, I think Cronenworth's probably your NL rookie of the year. He's been kind of good for the Padres all year, and they're kind of the surprise team. Um, but I know Dustin May's probably in that conversation um, as well for the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, but, Fred, any any thoughts on some of these tight um, races for the end-of-season awards? Uh, I agree that it's probably Freddie for the um, MVP. His numbers are so good that it's, it's going to be very hard to uh, – Push someone else in his uh, over him. Although um, the, the media keep trying to push bets out there, uh, and he's been better, but but Freddie's better than him in every department. 
Uh, I know it doesn't have a gold chain or or a, a flashing a flashing a big smile as he gives somebody a high five. And I, this is not that I dislike bets. I love Milky bets, you know. But Freddie's just been the man this year, and I I think that uh, I think he's the guy. Actually, Juan Soto's in that lot. Soto's probably probably the best hitter in the National League right now. The best hitter. Now that doesn't mean he's the best player in the league, but. The, nobody controls the strike zone like like Soto. He's he's a joy. I would I would you know trade three or four dozen people for him because he's worth every every penny of it. Um, I yeah, think if, he, I, if but, Washington was doing better uh, in standings, he would uh, definitely be a serious contender for sure. Yeah, he's he's certainly worthwhile. Cy Young, uh, yeah, it, it's it's Bauer unless somebody's deaf, dumb, and stupid. Okay, what he did the other day. Uh, 12 strikeouts, eight innings, four hits, one run. Get on my back, boys. We're going to the postseason. Um, and, you know, you can dislike his approach. I don't particularly. I don't care. I, I You know, he's going to upset a lot of the old timers. But, you know, Dizzy Dean said it ain't bragging if you can do it. And he's done it. So uh, I think Bauer is it. He's clearly the pick of the litter right now. He's better than DeGrom right now. And that's saying, hey, that's saying a lot. Uh, Darvish started out well. He's he's tailed off a bit. They got to him a little bit. Rookie of the year, maybe Devin Williams. Uh, Brewers, I, I've i only seen him a little bit. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, what's the, the darker kid? Not made, uh, Gon, Gonzalez, Tony Gonsolin, yeah. He's he's got to be in he's got to be in the race too. I, I don't know if they're do do that. Uh, I think Cronenworth is at, at right near the top of that. But uh, boy, I I really got to think it's a pitcher this year, and it was with Williams and Gonsolin down there, and uh, I, I think that, that one of them might sneak in on it. Um, I thought Cronenworth for a long time. He sort of cooled a little bit. He's come back. Bohm is doing well in the Phillies, but boy, I don't think he'll get enough votes to do it. Uh, American League Cy Young is, is Shane Bieber. Close the door. Everybody else go home. There's just nobody else there but Bieber right now. And funny enough, Pleasak's nearly the same. So it's, it's, <laughs> um, the, the uh, MVP race, uh, Bieber may get votes there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, if he doesn't, uh, Jose Abreu certainly has a chance. He's, 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 been, he's been the daddy to that young White Sox team, and, and uh, he's been so important to them. He's hit well. He's killing the ball. He keeps those uh, – Young players uh, from running running off the track, and uh, I I like Abreu. I've always liked Abreu quite a bit. Um, there's um, DJ LeMay who's got to be in that, Anderson, and Tim Anderson. I, I you know uh, among that bunch, I couldn't pick one. Uh, I guess I left out somebody. Maybe uh, uh, Ramirez, Jose yeah. Ramirez. He I mean, has the most war right now in the AL according to fan graphs. He's hot at the right time. He's been he's been homeward like every other time he came up this month or something. He's just ridiculously hot. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he had, had to year. go ahead hit tonight. I think he had to go ahead hit today against the White Sox too. So yeah, he's, yeah. That, guy, he's that guy right now. When they well, he had a walk off the other day, and then uh, the, the Jordan whatever his face had a, had a walk off last night, and then and Ramirez today. You look at the year has got to be Kyle Lewis for me. Agree. He's got to yeah. be it. Uh, you know there was a. There was a time when I thought, you know, uh, Mount Castle might get it, uh, but, uh, you know, but I, but, you know, and, uh, somebody on the White Sox can't remember who else, but, 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 but Lewis is certainly the rookie of the year over there. 
it's just there's just so many fine young players out there. I mean, you know, when Sixto Sanchez was hot, everybody was talking about him, but unfortunately, he's lost his the shine's going off of him a little bit, but it'll be back. Um, I just, you know, I think that's what it is for me. Um, I, and I think I think Don Mattingly is manager of the year in the NL um, because he he played he 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 had 18 players on his team that he'd never met when he went to Baltimore, and <laughs> and they 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 were challenging for first place until this week. That's worth something, and and you know I, I think Tinder will get some votes just um, uh, simply because of where the Padres are, uh, but um, for me it's Mattingly over here. In the AL, I don't really know. I mean, you know, it's such a it, you could uh, you could make a case that Baldelli's up there is doing something. You can make a case that uh, Sandy Alomar standing in for Tito Francona in in Cleveland's doing doing a great job. Um, it's just the, the American League. Maybe Bob Melvin. I don't know. Uh, Renteria. All the, yeah, uh, Rick Renteria. Uh, he's he's got a good case. Yeah, but yeah. it's just hard to say. We, I don't see the managers and you know the teams play enough over there for that. But uh, boy, there's going to be some new new names on it this year, I think. Yeah, definitely, and I think it'll be interesting races at the end because I, I still think some of them are up for debate, um, which is good. I think usually this time of year we they're pretty much locked up and everybody knows. kind of wanted to, to ask you guys because I, I have not really loved this last week of the regular season for baseball I, I think it's the playoff format and there just being so many teams in it that none of these games are really that interesting to me down the stretch because the, the eight teams in the American League have been wrapped up for seemingly a month now uh, the only real debate has been these final spots in the National League and really other than the Reds none of those teams really pose a threat to the the Dodgers so I mean for me I've kind of been struggling this week to find you know games that interest me you know unlike in a normal season where you just have the 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 few spots that they're fighting for but I don't know have either of you felt that way or have you felt differently in this final week Mm. that's a good question I I was looking forward to this series with the Braves and Marlins for the reasons I was uh, talked about earlier the fact that I, I thought it was actually going to be pretty compelling to see uh, how the Braves' reaction is going to be and how the the Marlins were going to step up and and show themselves playoff worthy and of course they haven't and that's that's been a little bit of a disappointment but aside from that yeah I mean we've got right now as as we do this two teams in the National League that are one game above five hundred. Two teams that are at 500, two teams that are one game under 500. Those are the six clubs trying to battle for the last four playoff spots. That's the very definition of mediocrity, and that's the kind of thing that we didn't want to see in the playoffs is teams that are essentially mediocre. Now, yeah, I'll I'll separate the the Reds because they kind of lost their way for a while, but they have certainly fought back. And before this is over, I think they may end up being second place in the NL Central. So they they have certainly made themselves into a a contender of the team that nobody wants to face in the first round, at least. Uh, But, I mean, the Giants, they were expected to finish like dead last. 
uh, the Phillies were expected to, to challenge the Braves perhaps for the division title, and now they're underwater. Milwaukee is, well, I guess about what Milwaukee was expected to be, a uh, roughly 500 team. St. Louis hasn't uh, done anything of, of worth. So, yeah, it, you're not seeing teams that are stepping up and, and really making the last week push. Um, of all those teams that uh, that we're talking about here, only Cincinnati is really above 500 over the last 10 games. They're eight and two. The Cards are six and four. Everybody else are five and five and, and worse. And that's just not a recipe for success, especially for next week. Uh, the Braves might end up uh, having to face the Marlins if, if Philadelphia gets off their rear ends and do, does something. I don't think they will. But, uh, I, I mean, who do you want to face? Well, you got a uh, big choice of just about anybody that you want, to, as long as it's not Cincinnati, uh, as a fairly – straightforward first-round opponent. I just hope that the Braves don't uh, overlook them and, and start looking to the next round before they stomp on them. Yeah, Fred, I think this is, you know, the point I was trying to get at is just this, you know, this postseason format. I think we kind of talked about it last week is just kind of waters down the regular season to me a little bit, and it kind of allows these teams that are just mediocre. And I think it'd be different over a longer season, obviously, you know, I, I think the Reds would probably wind up winning the Central over a full season. Um, but I, I really just am hoping they don't stick with this 16-team format because it really just kind of ruins the, the regular season for me because, uh, I mean, just about everybody's going to get in. You play 500 ball, you're you're going to get in. Yeah, that's uh, the one thing that's, um, that someone's pointed this out, and I'll I'll say it because, you know, I'm old enough to remember it. Since the divisional play began, the the season the, the seasons meant less. And every time they added a division and they added another layer of playoffs and then they added the wild card, they made the made the the season mean less and less and less. Now, <clears throat> I'm not in my yard saying get off my grass because I know that things have to happen and you know, people have to make money and they they want to attract crowds and 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 short attention span people need short attention span games and they need things that they can jump on and cheer for. But, you know, when you watch the uh, NCAA tournament, everybody loves that loves that Cinderella team, but they don't really want to see them in the final. And, you know, you love the story of the Marlins, but you don't want to see the Marlins in the World Series. You don't. You just don't want to do that. And you don't want to see, you know, the, the, the Cardinals who, with the bless their hearts, they have no pitching and they ain't got much for a manager either. But that's just my opinion. Um, the... The, the the thing with this, you know, the one way that they could make this thing work, first of all, 16 teams is too many. I've always thought 12 was a nice number. But if you're going to do more than that, I think you have to say, and you must be 500 or better. Because if you're not, you're out. And if you do that, then you eliminate all these people who are just 500, who are one game under. They're not in it. And I've always, you know... The, the idea that a sub-500 team can actually have a chance to win the World Series is ludicrous. It, it's ridiculous. And, you know, I know that our commissioner knows very little about the game, even though he's in charge of it, but he ought to understand that when you do that, when you when you put substandard teams on the field, you're going to get substandard performance. Now, 
the idea is like boiling frogs. Every year you lower the lower the quality of play in the league, and eventually everybody's used to it. But it, it, even so, you can't keep jamming people into the playoffs because then nobody pays attention to the regular season. And I know you make a lot of money in the playoffs, but you make more money in the regular season. And 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 that's the big deal here is that you know they're 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 cutting off the nose despite their face. Yes, the playoffs are exciting. Yes, extra rounds are exciting. I don't mind 12 teams. Let's cut it to 154 games. Play 12 teams. Get everything over by the by the end of October. In fact, by the 15th of October would be great. And you know, it's just I understand that you have to do things to speed the game up and to make the thing more exciting to people. But you know, this is not exciting. This is just hey ho hum. Let's see how these people get. They watch to see who's going to get killed. And then they go out and they say, okay, hey, that team's out there. Let's watch the good teams play now. And I just think it's a waste of time. I'm, you know, I'm with you a lot on this. But I do understand that there is going to be some expanded playoffs at some point. And, you know, I'm okay with like 12 teams, but I don't really want to want to go beyond that. And of course, they don't ask me. So what do I care? Here's the problem yeah. I got. Here's the problem I got. And, and, and the question is an open one. I don't really have an answer here. How do you handle the math involved? If you don't have a power of two number of teams, then you've got somebody who's won a division and has to sit around for a week, five days, three days, whatever it is, to wait for somebody to come up and, and be their opponent. If you're at 12 or, or 10 or, or 14 or anything less than 16, you got somebody sitting around waiting. And I don't know that that's good for that team. I don't think that's yeah, extra, extra rest is not suitable for their own momentum and their, their own progress. So I, I, I'm torn on that. I, I don't know how to resolve it. The flip side of that is why does the, why does the division leading team have to play in the wild card round? Yeah. He's already kicked. They've already kicked these teams, butt all year long. And, and you're asking teams, that, you know, you're saying, okay, 96 win, 96 win Dodgers, you're going to play the, the 81 win Cardinals. That's going to be thrilling. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. I just don't know how to solve that problem because I, I think extra rest hurts the, the teams that you're trying to reward here. Well, there's typically two days between the regular season and the postseason starting anyway, sometimes three days, depending on American or National League. You know, I think you could start a three-game series on that Monday and get it done by Wednesday and start the postseason on Thursday, and that's not much different than what you they have do to, now. Except that you have to leave Monday open for a possible game 163s uh, to resolve ties. Well, so there's, the other, there's, a, there's a way around that as well. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, we, we, you can make tiebreakers. There, you can, yeah, you can make tiebreakers. Uh, you can do, like there's all kinds of year. things. Run, yeah. run differential is a great tiebreaker in this case, okay? The run yep. differential is a great tiebreaker. It, it it forces you to care about your defense as well as caring about caring about scoring runs. So I think that's important. I I agree with you. I don't I don't think sitting around is a good thing. Uh, but at the same time, we they're going to do this, people. They they didn't run that trial balloon up there yeah. uh, without without knowing they had some air under it. So you know the the best we can hope for is that that, that somebody up there gets a clue. And understands, and you know, maybe there's a way that I don't know about doing this, but I don't want any sub 500 teams playing in the postseason. They go home, find some players, uh, do something, but you know, uh, just just don't play in my postseason because I really don't want to watch uh, substandard teams. Well, let's hope we get 32 teams in the league 
soon so that at least only the top half will be in the playoffs. Well, yes. Let's just let's just promote the AAA teams out of uh, El Paso and I don't know where else. Um, I know that's good. That's what you're going to get. You're going to add 50 new job, major league jobs that uh, don't really deserve that. Many that's cases. True. And that's the problem with and this 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 season pointed out the fallacy. You know, every year was well. You know, there's enough good pitchers and players at AAA level to make two good teams. No, they're not, or they'd be <laughs> playing now. They're not. They're simply not there. And the reason they're not up here is because they're not good enough yet. But when you expand to El Paso and Mexico City or Vancouver or wherever you go to, you're going to get those teams. It's going to be the 62 Mets again. And you, you don't you don't raise the quality of play that way, um, and you get lovable losers and, and, and boring baseball. Yeah, I think the point you made, um, Fred, about, you know, these you, you have these weak teams that will get knocked out. You know, people love to see the Cinderella's until it gets to the end, you know, and that's, and I don't watch a lot of NBA, but what I do know is that's exactly what happens. You have this long season, you have these one verse eight seeds in the first round, and it's all exciting when an eight seed wins a game, but in the end, it's going to be LeBron's team versus the whatever good team in the other <laughs> league. And it's the same thing every year. And, you know, that's exactly what it's going to be in baseball. You're going to have, you know, that flash of excitement for a second in the first round, and then it's going to die out, and the, the good teams are going to normally be there in the end. What's scary is when this is baseball and that doesn't happen, and you have an 81-win team beat a 98-team win in a three-game series in the first round. You mean round. like the Cardinals? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so this that kind of leads to our last point here, last discussion topic I wanted to talk about, and it's which uh you know sub 500 team are the Braves going to lose to in the in the first round because you know it's going to happen. Uh, I think the Braves were the first team to play in that wild card game and they had what 10 more wins than the Cardinals when uh, the Cardinals eliminated them or something like that. When the infield fly rule was called, yeah, yeah I, I didn't want to bring that part of it up. But yeah. Oh, we're going to bring that up. You bet. <laughs> uh, so you, you know it's going to happen to the Braves. They're going to play a a team under 500. They're going to somehow lose a three-game series, but uh, hopefully that's that's not the case. But um, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, their possible opponents. And let's just start out about talking about who it won't be. Uh, we know the Dodgers are going to have the first seed. Um, we know the either the Braves or the Cubs are going to have, well, I shouldn't say the Cubs just quite yet, but we know the Braves are either going to be the two or the three seed. And then we know the Padres are going to be the four seed. So the Braves are most likely looking at playing – um, either the seven seed or the six seed. And right now that could be just about anybody. The teams in the mix are the, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Marlins, um, the Giants, the Phillies, or the Brewers. And I think we touched on it a little bit last week as well. Um, but Fred, out of those teams, who are you hoping the Braves don't play and who are you hoping that they do play? Well, I'm with Alan. You gotta avoid Cincinnati if you can. Uh, the, I, I really think that the Reds could overtake, could ease, could overtake, well, they're going to overtake the Cardinals. And I, I think they could overtake the Cubs in a, in a pinch because the Cubs look like they've just left town and, and let their uniforms play in the last couple of days. Uh, I don't know what, what Rossi can do about that. And I'm sure it's not his fault, but there's a lot of dysfunction there. They don't have much pitching. Bryant's hurt. Nobody's hitting. So, you know, I, I want to avoid the Reds. I think they're going to make that easy for us by winning. The other team, I, I really, the others I don't really care much about. 
I mean, the the Phillies bullpen's going to surrender. Uh, the um, the Brewers, I don't know what they're doing this year. They're not hitting much, not scoring many runs. Uh, we know about the Marlins, uh, the Cardinals. I'd really like to stomp on the Cardinals, but my my sincere hope is that they get booted out of the postseason completely, even if uh, even if it's the uh, the Phillies that, that that end up playing and going in ahead of them. Once you get past the Reds, uh, I, I guess if the team scares me, if a team bothers me, the Phillies starters, if the Phillies starters go deep, uh, they're tough. If the Marlins young pitchers go deep, they're tough. The Cardinals haven't got any pitching. I don't worry about them too much. The Giants, uh, I'm not worried about them all that much either. Uh, but, you know, if you get um, Eflin, uh, Arietta, and, and Nola um, pitching, and they and they all go deep into a game. They can be tough. Now they haven't done that lately, and uh, the Phillies look a little dysfunctional. But you know, I guess I guess the Reds are the ones I wanted. I want to avoid. I don't mind playing the others because we beat the Phillies and we beat the Marlins, and and we're going to beat the Cardinals if we play them. And the Brewers, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think the Brewers. I mean, besides Burnus, who they got? I don't know. Yeah, no, Alan. I think. I think we kind of touched on it last week too. I think the Reds and the Phillies are the only ones that scare me, but just because of their starting rotation. Um, but I think they both have some some of their issues in the bullpen. Obviously, the Phillies more than the the Reds. Um, but those are the only two teams that scare me because I think the Braves are going to have to score a lot of runs in the postseason. Um, and and so you know to avoid those pitching staffs would be ideal. Yeah, the Phillies are banged up right now, big time. Uh, Harper can has back problem. Uh, Rio Muto's trying to get back out there, but his his hip is not going to really let him do what he usually does. Uh, Reese Hoskins uh, might end up having Tommy John surgery, yeah, so he's, he's out. Yep, and so Arietta I mean, Arietta I think was back, but I don't know what he's done since then, if anything. Uh, Noah got beat up uh, the last time he was out. So, I mean, yeah, he's they're off. Offense... to trade him to us. <laughs> the uh, the heart and soul of their offense have been taken out. Uh, that just leaves a couple of starters and no bullpen. So, uh, the Phillies no longer scare me either. Even though the Braves split with them on the series this year. Uh, I think that the Reds are going to end up playing the Padres in the first round. That's going to be an entertaining uh, series. I, I'll watch that. Uh, so that basically leaves uh, some combination of Milwaukee, the Giants, Phillies, Miami, uh, for Atlanta. I hope it's Miami or the Giants, and let's see what happens. Certainly we know the, the Marlins, but sometimes familiarity breeds contempt, and you, you run into something there. I think I'd rather uh, have the Giants fly across country and come see us and and see how it goes from there. Yeah. Gossman's pitched out the stretch completely now, and, and he was real good to start the game, and then all of a sudden they tied it up. I, I don't know. I don't know about Cueto either, but I think we can beat the Giants. I don't yeah, yeah. I think the Giants are the one that I, you know, would pick out of all of them. You know, probably them, and then the Marlins, and then maybe the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals just scare me because of what <laughs> they haunt us in the postseason, apparently. But it also would be great yes. to to stomp them out as well if we could, you know, get a good over that hurdle. But they just seem to have some sort of magic voodoo against us in the postseason. We do not have a good record. Them. Yes, we do not have a good record against the Cardinals in the postseason. 
Yeah, and it's know. been that way for a long so, time. Too. And, yes. and I think I think I agree with both of you. I think the I think I don't want to say this is fear of jinxing it, but I think we'll avoid the Reds. I think they'll get that second seed in the in the Central. They're the only team that really frightened me at the moment that we could potentially face in the first round. Um, but yeah, if I had my pick, it'd probably be the Giants and the Marlins and then the Cardinals and then the Brewers if they were to get in. You know, the Phillies and then probably the Reds uh, of those teams that are that are in the mix. Looking at the Reds right now, they got the the Twins over the weekend and the Twins are are hot right now and they're fighting for that division with the White Sox. Um, they now have a game lead over the White Sox, so that's still uh, they're still obviously playing for for something there. So that could be interesting series. And the Phillies have the the Rays and the Marlins go to the Yankees, so they don't have a uh, you know they don't have an easy weekend final weekend either. And yeah, the, the Rays have the, the Rays playing still, and and I don't think they're going to wear their wear themselves out against Phillies. And I you know the the Marlins are going to tangle with a strong Yankees who are trying to win some games, but the Rays don't really care. They're they're on the division, and they're not going to stretch their pitchers out too much and really injure anybody. I don't think. Yeah, the National League gets the extra day off before starting. The American right. League gets to start on Tuesday. Yeah, and the the Cardinals and Brewers are playing tonight, starting a a four game series, I believe. I don't think there's any double headers in there. Yeah, they so play that, the, they play a double header tomorrow. Oh, they do. Okay, so that that'll be an interesting series to watch. One of them's probably gonna eliminate the other um in that um so that'll be a fun series to watch over the final weekend but um we said we probably wouldn't talk long and we've probably gone on for an hour here but uh enjoy the <laughs> enjoy the discussion as always uh, and appreciate everybody that that listens to the podcast and has hung around to the to the end here but next week postseason will be underway uh, make sure you check out TomahawkTake.com as we'll have plenty of content going up to get you ready for the postseason. And if you do subscribe to the podcast, please make sure that you do uh, wherever you, you listen. And we uh, will talk to you next time. This particular mediocre edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc., Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone, because Minute Media disavows all of them. All rights reserved. Some of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These are pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Comic Plotting and Five Card Shuffle. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com. Thanks for putting up with us today, and hopefully you're not looking to the bullpen to replace us. See you next inning. <laughs>